0: Hey everyone, it's Christina Caramo, and welcome to It's Solid Food. So today we'll be discussing my third episode, which we'll be discussing the third installment in the Good Fight Ministries series, Satan's Sex Scheme. And they're really discussing how the sexual revolution was a well-thought-out orchestrated plan by Satan. And you can see his fingerprints all over it all over it regarding how well-organized it is and how effective it has been in encouraging and pushing people to rebel against God. Causing all types of societal harm and ultimately causing so many souls to be lost into hell. This episode is titled How Porn is the New Norm. So I recommend that you go to their website, YouTube, or their Facebook page and check out the episode because, again, they're going to give a lot more details about this and my simple analysis of their episode. So now, folks, it's time for some solid food. Welcome back to It's Solid Food where we discuss all things in Christian apologetics, culture, and politics. So, as I was saying that this episode, we're going to be discussing what happened or what some I'm gonna give some analysis and point out some things that I think believe should be highlighted in the Good Fight Ministries episode, How porn is a new norm. So they basically were discussing how pornography is causing all types of problems in society. And like next week's episode, they're gonna talk about how pornography is fueling sex trafficking. And they were just talking about all the social harm, all the spiritual harm, and how it's really at epidemic proportions. Um, If you guys are not aware that porn almost like rewires a person's brain, there's research to actually discuss that because it's so addictive. And I have heard reports of men who rather watch porn than have sex with their wives. So this is how problematic it is actually Lamar Odom is recovering from addiction to pornography, and uh, I remember reading an article in the Christian Post, and they he he wasn't um, normalizing or okaying fornication, but he was just simply saying that it could be a woman right next to him, and he would rather watch porn than have sex with the woman next to him. This is how addictive pornography is, and one of the things that is important to remember is that. There are other people on the side of that screen. So many people are just like, well, I'm just watching something. I'm not doing anything. Yeah, but you're enjoying other people sinning, you know. And very quickly, to a point to that, anytime you always find yourself in the Romans when discussing uh, licentiousness. But just really quick, just to keep in mind, folks, that Romans 1 specifically discusses people enjoying the immorality of others. Um, let's see where, okay. In 30, in verse 32 of Romans one, it says, though they knew God's righteousness, righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die. They not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. So we shouldn't be enjoying other people doing wrong. And that's what you're doing when you enjoy pornography and you're engaging in little behavior. But also, you know, one of the things they've talked about is how pornography has been desensitized. We've been desensitized as a culture that porn is healthy and okay. Like, it's a normal part of human sexuality for me to just sit and watch porn and masturbate. Like, that's totally okay. It's totally permissible. It's healthy. It's normal. It's part of life. It's a cool thing to do. And that is not okay. That is not okay. And we, as they pointed out in the documentary, that um late, a lot of television you know they'll get these celebrities on there and they'll make all kinds of jokes about porn and oh yeah huh, no big deal you know so what it's okay and like it's a total healthy experience and so as a culture we have come to the point where this type of stuff is okay. I mean, just think about the Kardashian family. Now, they were, uh, uh, I guess, I mean, the father was one of O.J. Simpson's lawyers, but the whole show, the whole same, the family got, it was all because Kim made a sex tape. I mean, just think about that. She had sex on camera, and now you have uh, tons of people. Oh, so-and-so have sex tape. So-and-so have a sex tape. Where people are literally releasing sex tapes in hopes to become famous. They are no different than a porn star. Now, they may not do this repeatedly. Do this repeatedly. But they do this on purpose. Or like, I even think of one of the people for one of the love and hip hop installments in Atlanta. Like her, and I think it was her husband or whoever. They purposely went and produced their own porn tape to just share around with other people to watch. I mean, it's just... It's just insane to think, you know, one of my goals in life is to make a sex tape, me and my spouse, and just share it with the world to watch. I mean, it's just such narcissism, and it's voyeurism on the part of the public to want to watch that. And and it's really causing us to treat sex like this cheap thing. We And it's fueling part of the problem is that we don't look at sex as this special covenant act expression of love and connection between a husband and life. It's just something that's just animalistic, you know it's really animalistic, and that's not how God intended it to be. I mean, there is reproduction in plants, you know, so it's definitely a part of our life, but it' should not be put on display because it's far more consequences if I go meet some guy and sleep with them compared to if I go eat an extra hamburger one they're they're both not healthy, but we can clearly see that eating an extra hamburger. And sleeping around are two completely different things. And one causes significant more harm in your life, you know? And so that, that's that is, <laughs> that is essentially the problem. And so porn is fueling that. And we'll get to that more in this episode. And one of the things they talked about was the psychological, the physical, that people ignore the fact that there's physical, psychological, relational, and spiritual harm with pornography. And one of the things that people don't think about is the physical harm. Now, when you do, I read a lot. I had a cousin joke one time that I read like a prisoner. And so, of course, doing this type of show, I have to do a lot of reading and studying on various topics. And so some of the things that I learn or hear that people are doing, I just choose not to share them because, I mean, it's just kind of really pointless and it's just really grotesque. But some of the things people do. While they're watching pornography, as far as pleasure is absolutely unreal, it's just self harm. And but they get gratification off of it, and so people will harm themselves in the process of stimulating themselves, shall we say, or masturbation. Okay, um, also the psychological harm, as I mentioned, it rewires the brain and it causes people, and also, really quick to the physical harm we'll talk about later, is that a couple of very uh. Infamous serial killers talked about their porn addiction and and how it led them to no longer wanting... So especially one of the problems now is a lot of porn is very violent. So if you have someone who's watching this repeatedly, eventually they're not want to just keep watching it. They're to going to want to do this stuff. So that's another component where it becomes physically consequential when folks are deciding they want to act out the things they've seen and bring harm to other people. Um, so also there's a the psychological component. So the psychological component is it, it, it causes multiple things to consider. As I mentioned, it becomes addictive. Nothing should cause addiction. Nothing, anything that causes you to feel addicted to it is by default harmful because it everything should have its proper place, regardless of if it's something good or bad. But then when you're addicted to something harmful, then it, it really causes, um, it really causes more harm. In addition to the fact that there's also a lot of low, it also causes low self-esteem. People watching pornography because they you you watch it and you begin to compare yourself to the person on the screen. It's no different than us scrolling. at when I say no different, in regards of how people compare themselves to celebrities, so you have a lot of young people who feel like, okay, in order to be desired by the other sex, I need to act like this and do this stuff. I mean, there are, I was listening to, uh, not listening, I was reading an article, like some research in Australia commented there's teenage girls who will perform oral sex in the hopes of getting a kiss from a boy. And that gets to the point of relational harm. i me get into that point now, but that was called relational harm. I mean, think about that. There are teenage girls out there who will perform oral sex on a teenage boy hoping that he will kiss her. This is how jacked up our world is. But this is because pornography is being normalized in the culture. And I remember once um, I was leaving work and I heard a student show, um, Show I was on the bus and this was years ago. And I had heard a, um, a young girl say to some other boys, And and it was clear she was showing them a video because she said, that's me, the one in the pink panties. And she was showing them a video of herself doing something sexually explicit. So when we normalize people having sex on camera for entertainment, we are now creating a culture that it trickles down necessarily to the young people. And that's something so unfortunate about our culture. That people think that we can do dirty stuff as adults and we just keep it away from kids that isn't how it works especially in the digital world that's over with whatever filth and trash and i hate when i hear adults say that and it's typically i mean maybe i shouldn't say that because i don't want to say anything dismissive and not forget it. i just won't say it but i'm gonna say it it's a lot of people i noticed there are people who clearly don't have kids and and the reason i shy away from saying that because there's people who don't have kids who have medical problems they always wanted to and couldn't and i, so I don't want to kind of stigmatize people who don't have children. I, I don't want to do that. But what I am saying is that is that oftentimes it's people who just have no clue about life and children. You as a parent can do everything you can to shield your child from something. But when they go to school, they will still learn about it. So we have a responsibility in the culture to not peddle filth in the public square. But that's happening. So a lot of the teenage girls feel as though... They have to behave like a porn star to get boys to like them. So I must have sex with multiple partners. I must perform oral sex on this boy. I must perform anal sex. And then hopefully he'll really like me. I mean, this is crazy. This is, I mean, I could think of when I was a teenager, people didn't do that stuff. I mean, there were people out there, but that was frowned upon. You know, it was like, you don't do that. Ugh. You know, but now teenagers are being encouraged to behave like that because sex is such a, 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 a bubbling topic constantly. Even, you know, when they're talk, constantly talking about sex and sexuality all the time, you know, the whole premise of the LGBT movement is sexual preference. That's it, it's a movement celebrating people's sexual preference. So when you have a tired political movements and social movements about celebrating kinky sex, and that's what it's about. And so you're surprised that kids are not, and I don't mean to reduce immorality to kink. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is just, is about sexual proclivity. That's what this is a movement about people's sexual proclivity being celebrated in a public square. So of course, necessarily, you're going to have kids thinking and talking about sex a lot more. And all these kids with cell phones and tablets and computers, they're going to be looking this stuff up and they're going to be watching it. And they're going to have all types of problems. So not only the young girls, but even the young boys, people are comparing themselves to these these, these um, porn stars. And they're having, um, so this might not be episode for children, may I say, just because we, we have to be honest here. But people begin to compare their bodies to these people, even the young men included, and comparing their body parts to these people. And then they begin to feel insecure. So it causes all types of harms in the relationship. So when you do get a person who becomes married, that they begin to feel like, oh, I don't look like that. I can't perform like that. So maybe something's wrong with me and blah, 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 blah. Most of these folks are pu- pumped up on drugs, pumped up on drugs. The men are pumped up on all kind of um, like Viagra and all this stuff. So it's not reality. But many people struggle to differentiate between reality and television. And so if you take a kid like, most kids have been exposed to pornography by eight years old, by eight years old. So cheers or let's toss that out the window that adults can pedal filth in a public square and it won't hurt kids. That that's garbage. That's garbage. And and the thing about it is. And the thing about it is, is that people are kid people are watching this starting at eight years old. And these and all this psychological uh physical relational harm is being embedded into the kids so by the time that they get to adulthood they are not prepared they are they have all this baggage from pornography and then they can't go on to have a healthy sexual relationship with a spouse and some of them don't even want a spouse because they're like I could just go buy a sex toy or a sex doll or whatever I remember in Southfield a city um that's neighbors where I live They wanted to open up a sex doll shop. That's what was going on until the people started raising all types of crap to the city council. Like, we can't even believe you were considering this. So if you are unaware of what that is, so in Michigan, prostitution is illegal. So instead of having like a brothel, it was essentially with with live women. It was a brothel with robots and sex dolls. So if someone could come in and, like, you would purchase a human for a, a night of whatever, they would instead purchase this sex doll. They were with the sex doll in this brothel. And that's what they were trying to open up in the city of Southfield until the residents lost their minds and were like, you have got to be crazy. And I remember at church, I told a bunch of the folks at my church about it. And I'm like, yo, if they really want to go down this, because my church is in that city. I was like, if they really want to do that, we can go stage a protest because that is filthy. That is going, you're going to bring all types of pedophiles and all types of just sex criminals are going to be hanging out there. Because when a person gets to the point where they desire sexual gratification so much, if they will actually drive to a brothel to rent a sex doll. I think something deeply psychologically wrong with this person and they could be dangerous. I think they're probably very dangerous. And so, um, because if that person is to the point where they feel like they can't even relate to an adult woman, that they need to go get a doll, they want something. And and this is the sidebar. why I said, this episode may not be for kids. It's maybe, it's not a maybe, it's not. Um, When you're dealing with a person who rather a doll over a human being, that lets you know that they want something they could totally control and who will never answer back. They can't function in a healthy relationship with an adult. So, they instead opt for toys that resemble adults. I mean, something is deeply wrong. Something is deeply, deeply wrong when a person opts for... And then for them to go to a place to rent a sex robot. Something is seriously wrong. And to have... And then the health... Forget that. That's just gross. Anyway... So, there has to be something deeply psychologically wrong with the person to do something like that. But that comes from our porn industry. It comes from the porn industry. And and then we get into the spiritual consequences of watching pornography. I mean, that's a whole other thing because you have to cut off a part of yourself. I mean, when I say a part of yourself, you're cutting off... That connection with God because you can't be in a prayerful attitude and go watch porn. It doesn't work like that. The person has to kind of sear a part of their conscience to go off and do that. Um, so there's, uh, there's that separation from God that occurs when a person is just sitting up and watching porn. So it's just, it's just not a healthy, it's just not a healthy thing. It's just not healthy at all. Um, and one of the things that was really interesting that they discussed in the series is that the, the, the part of the brain that lights up when um, men look at pornography is the part that deals with objects and not people. I'm going to say that again. The part of the brain that lights up when men look at porn is the part that deals with objects and not people. That is unreal. Now, let me say this. I'm going to guess that the same happens for women as well, but porn is a bigger problem with men than women. Now, it is a problem with women as well, but it's worse with men. And the reason is men are just simply more visual. Men are more visual. Okay. And so it's not that women aren't visual at all, but it's just men are significantly more visual. So we'll get to that as well. Some of the issues with women in pornography, because with women, there's separate factors. Um, but it is it, causing so much harm in society and, and people think it's cool and it's healthy and it's nothing wrong with watching a little porn, even though in order for you to enjoy that porn and, and think about it like this and people say, well, I'm not doing anything, but yes, the people that you're watching are engaging in immorality. And time I enjoy or cheer on another person, engaging in immorality, I'm also guilty. And so I should not, um, I should not ever be excited to watch people break, break relationship with God. I shouldn't, because I don't even know if they have a relationship with God to begin with, but I'm just saying to sin, that should never enjoy. And and you're forgetting that that person is still a human being made in the image of God. You see my sweater uh, a guy I know, he has a, a ministry called More Than Cake, and they sell these sweaters, A uh, Mago day That's what it says in Hebrew. So it's a cool sweater. But this, I, I, I kind of put it on on purpose because you have to remember that, and again, the website is More Than a Cake. So check out his, uh, he has a, a podcast and a blog. It's really good. But nevertheless, um, these people are made in the image of God. And and we don't see them as human beings made in the image of God who are destroying themselves. We just see them as entertainers. That's not what's happening. These are human beings. Human beings made in the image of God. And we should never forget that. And that's commonly forgotten in this whole situation. Because so many porn stars, I would listen to Joe Rogan and I wanted to bring in some more clips, you know, But um, in his clip, it was a lot of cursing and stuff, so I I didn't want to bring in the clip. But he was talking about how like, a vast majority, an overwhelming majority of porn stars or porn actors were victims of sexual abuse. That's just not normal for people just to want to go have sex on camera. That's the reason why we wear clothes. Just think about that. It's the reason why we wear clothes. It's just a human nature to cover your body. It is not natural for people to just walk around totally naked. That's not something we do. So the very fact that there have some, the only tribe you might see like a, some in Bushman tribes where people walk around, it's both, even then they still cover their crotches. They do. They still cover their genitals. Even the women may have their breasts out, but they cover their genitals. Something about humans, we just like to cover those parts of our body. And, and and sex is a private matter. There's a reason why around the world people do that. And you can say, well, they're protecting their skin. Even in hot climates, they do this. So the thing about it is people wear clothes. So the, the inclination to go have sex in the public square it is not natural. It's not natural. And so something is deeply wrong with these people. Something and, and the vast majority have been victims of sexual abuse. And you got some people who are just they're just out there. They're just out there. They just look. They just enjoy or get off or whatever, all that type of thing. You got those kind of folks. But that's not the case for most of the people. And I've listened to uh testimonies of people who've worked in the porn industry and gotten out and they're like, you know, all those folks are on drugs. You know and uh also next week's episode they're gonna be talking about sex trafficking many people are sex trafficking victims so they have them high on drugs so they'll perform you know what i mean so it just a piece of that person is losing and it's being a loss and they just like can't help it because i mean they can't help it a part of them is lost and they just gotta use drugs to keep going so when you're dealing with people who are sex abuse victims a lot of them are drug addicts, a lot of them are alcoholics. Why is that a problem in that industry? Why are so many sex abuse victims in that industry? Why are so many people addicted to drugs and alcohol? It is very clear because you have to be something seriously hurt and broken in you to do that. And number two, many of the people to continue on, they have to get drunk and high. And and that's another thing that people need to remember before you go and join pornography as many of the people are being really severely abused on these sets. So you may watch, a, just like an actor or an actress, okay, like a regular movie. They might shoot an entire scene for two hours. Who has sex for two hours? So these people are literally being, that's why they're on drugs, so they can keep performing for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And hours. So it's, it's a very abusive industry. I could reach, shoot a scene of me saying a line for an hour or two hours. But who's going to have sex for two hours straight? Or if not more. Hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And and folks just like, I don't care. I mean, it's fun for me. So remember, these are people made in the image of God. And it's really a sad situation. Another thing they pointed out in the series is they quoted a TED Talk. That our country is kind of hypocritical. Because prostitution is legal, illegal. Pornography is legal. So how is pornography really any different from prostitution? It's not. It's not. People are paying to watch other people engage in sexual sin. It is absolutely no different whatsoever. How? It's not. It's It's not different in any way. And we feel like since we're watching it, it's no big deal. And that simply is not the case. Now, how do we get to a point in our culture from a spiritual component to where we thought this was okay. Um, One of the reasons why in our culture we think licentiousness is okay is because of Greasy grace. Now, just because a person is a Christian, um, that doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. As I said, the Christian life is not one of perfection, but of repentance. Just because you're a Christian, doesn't mean you're going to be perfect and you're not going to make mistakes and you're not going to do wrong stuff. However, the rapid pornography is clear a result of a great falling away from Christ. One of the problems in our society is this greasy grace. There's a lot of Christians who watch porn and think it's no problem. Um, I'm going to start. And these are some scriptures they pointed to in the series. So, again, check out the Good Fight Ministries, this series. And, again, I'm doing a discussion on their series called – got to look again. Called "Porn: How Porn is the New Norm. So, check it out. Um, they pointed to Jude 1, 4, where it says – And what's interesting, they pointed out in the series that typically – when um, not every time, but typically when the scripture talks about immorality, specifically, they're often talking about false teachers at the same time. That's an interesting point because I'll get to that in a second. But it says, for certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the thing. See, Jesus didn't die for you to be comfortable sinning. Let me say that again. Jesus didn't die for you to be comfortable sinning. And that is a massive problem. That many people feel like, oh, well, God knows I'm crazy, or Jesus knows he forgave all my sins, so whatever. Like, oh my God, that is absolutely ridiculous. And some of these details, I'll, I will leave off of this story because it's someone I know personally. But I was talking to an individual who was telling really kind of this sordid story. And then shortly after the sordid story, the individual mentioned about their prayer life. And I'm, I mean, I was sitting there eating chicken wings, looking at this person. I didn't have to almost put my wing down. I'm like, what? And, and this wasn't, this isn't, my friend, this is like an, a, 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 not even an acquaintance, it's just someone I know through another person. And I didn't say anything because this person isn't my friend. So I just kind of like, you just sat and told this filthy story, then you about your personal sex life, then you talk about your prayer life. And so I didn't say anything. I, but I think my face said everything. And my face was like, what? and so then this is the kicker part because of my facial expression the individuals started talking about oh, well god knows i'm crazy god knows i'm a mess you know god knows i got issues and you know god knows i'm not perfect and i'm just sitting there like excuse me you know and, and that was that happened maybe about six years ago and so at the time i wasn't at this i, I didn't feel comfortable i guess like com- challenging a person on that like wait a second you claim you're a christian but yet you think this licentiousness is okay and then the excuse you use to justify it is grace like are you kidding me so i wasn't at that moment at that space yet to, to challenge and i don't want to say confront because it's not about confronting people it's about challenging people so they can walk walk right with god but it's because so many churches just be grace 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 and it's like this and i tell people this if you go to a church that doesn't condemn sin and doesn't talk about hell, you need to run from that church quick, fast, and in a hurry. Because that is not a church of God. That is of Satan. And I I stand by that statement because the the purpose of the church is to help people walk right with God. I'm going to say that again. The purpose of the church is to help people walk right with God. That is it. Now, I don't want to say that is it as though they can't do other things, but that is their number one objective. Now, I'm not saying you can have some money classes to help people learn about getting out of debt. I'm not saying you don't have fitness classes or healthy eating classes at the church. I think churches play a really important social role in helping the community. So I don't see anything wrong with the church doing that. However... When you have churches that are more concerned with your victory in this life, and that's what's happening with a lot of the prominent pastors. (sighs) come on, Holy Spirit, help me out. That's what's happening with the churches, the prominent pastors. They're not over here calling out the culture. They're too busy trying to help people have their personal victory and breakthrough in this life. And the scripture tells us specifically. Don't lay up your treasures where rust and moths consume, where thieves break in and steal. Lay up your treasures in heaven. And you got so many pastors focused on that. And then when it comes to sin, they just want to say, oh, well, Jesus forgives you. Well, yeah, but you're abusing grace. Romans 6 talks about that. Jude 1-4 talks about that. Grace is not a license to sin. Grace is to make me know that I'm free of sin. To know that I'm forgiven by God. Not that I could just sit up there and just do any and everything. That's what's wrong with the culture. Church is weak. Church is weak. They don't stand up. I I tell you all the time, if I was a man, I wish I could be a, a pastor of a church. I mean that. I mean that. That was what I was called to. But Here I am. Because I just can't understand where are you at leadership in churches? You know, and I, and I shared this with you guys some time ago, excuse me, but I was sitting, I, I, I uh, told you about the sex education board, um, business in Detroit and just to give you a, a quick, if you ever want a quick, um, an idea of how ridiculous the church, the condition of the church is in America. One of the people on the board, uh, was, uh, they had a clergy member on the board. And and so as I'm frustrated with some of the stuff going on on the board, I say to myself, okay, well, maybe I can reach out to the woman that's the the clergy on the board who happens to be a woman. And I'm like, okay, this should be interesting. And this is what it said. Now, I went, I was trying to find her contact information. And so I looked her, I looked her up on Facebook. And I saw some questionable things. And, you know, she was supporting all these liberal politicians. And I just said, okay, there's so many people who literally will say, oh, yeah, I believe the Bible is true. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. And they will sit here and back people who kill children. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. So I said, well, maybe I could still, she'll agree with me that we shouldn't be teaching kids to explore their sexuality and gender. Maybe we can at least come to that common degree. With this, what and as you guys, I shared with you guys before that, I recently graduated theology school in May. And if you could ask me, give me one sentence that sums up my experience, it would be my closing line for my um, podcast. To be brave and bold because the gospel of Jesus Christ must be told. That That is what I would sum up my theology school experience with. That one line because I remember my teacher, one of my professors, Kevin Lewis, uh, said that like, when he wakes up every day or something like that he asks himself a couple of questions like is hell real? Is Jesus the only way? He asks, and It's not that he has to remind himself like I need confirmation but it's just for him to direct his day knowing like listen, there's souls out there who need saving and I need to be about my father's business. That was like the premise of what he was saying. But this is this lady's if she could sum up her theology school experience. This, this is what she said. Sexuality in the black church toward a whole liberative ethic. Come on, Holy Spirit. Help me out. That, that Let me read that one more time for you. This was her sentence from her theology school experience. This is what she said to sum up her theology school experience. Under her, under her LinkedIn page, to explained or summarized her theology school experience. Sexuality and the black church toward a whole liberative ethic. So basically sexual rebellion and licentiousness. Okay, Jew 1-4. Jew 1-4, thank you very much. That's all she... What? That's your experience? Sexual liberation? Are you kidding me? In our society, liberation is now synonymous with rebellion. And she just gonna lead a whole lot of folks stray right on into the pits of hell. The purpose of the church has shifted. No, and the way people are functioning. The purpose of the church has not changed. We've just bastardized what God has made. That's what's happened. That's what's happened. And it is disgusting. And so when you get a church more concerned with the worldly pleasures, necessarily you're going to get heresy coming in. Because they're no longer focused on their call, which is Matthew 28, 18, 18 through 20. That's what our focus is, not ooh, sexual liberation in the church. Oh, ooh, Jesus, help me now, Father, help me, help me. And so, and one thing that needs to be remembered, too, for people, if you are in the ministry in any capacity where you function as a teacher, a pastor, you need to remember this. James 3 1 says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. So, when you have people leading folks astray and presenting false information, that should really give us an indication or that should remind you that they will be judged hard. Anybody who God has called in the capacity of the ministry, a teacher, pastor, Whatever God has called you to do for specifically, and we all to serve in the kingdom of God no matter what our role. But if you specifically have had a, a calling put on your life to function, to spread the gospel in a particular capacity specifically, you have absolutely no business deviating from scripture, not one iota. And God knows your heart, He knows the difference between people who maybe. Mis misinterpret. I'm not. I'm sure I've said things incorrectly, or didn't quite say things uh, clearly, or maybe I misinterpret or misunderstand some scriptures. That's everybody. There's no way you could think that sexual liberation, a liberative ethic for human sexuality, is somehow your synopsis from theology school. That that's. I mean, even I've talked about the importance of their scripture that that shows that God wants us to have an enjoyable sex life, but within the context of marriage. That's, that's something that we need to understand because the culture wants to push this narrative. that Christians are just these miserable folks who want to make life miserable and can't enjoy sex. That's not true. We're just saying, like I said last week, it's like a fire. Fire in and of itself is a problem, but when you don't have boundaries around a fire, it's destruction. When you have boundaries around a fire, like a fireplace or a barbecue pit, it's, it's wonderful. And so that's the same truth. But that wouldn't be my entire study for theology school. Like, what? That's ridiculous. So just... Just keep that in mind. And then too, while you have these pastors and churches downplaying the reality of sin, the Bible is very clear. So if really quickly, in 1 Corinthians 6, 6 uh, 9 through 10, very uh, quickly, it says, just so we're clear, just so we're clear that this is a problem. And anyone trying to downplay this is Working for Satan. I don't care if they call themselves a pastor. I don't care if they call themselves a preacher, prophet, apostle, evangelist, blah, 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 blah. I don't care how many theology schools they went to and how much they say they know the Lord. If they are advocating for sin, the Bible clearly told us is a sin. That is very obvious if you think about it for two seconds that it's a sin. They are working for Lucifer. They are of their father, the devil. They are totally working for Satan. Stay away from those folks. Anyway, so First Corinthians six nine through ten. Uh, sorry. Okay, let me start actually at eight. But you yourselves wrong, are defraud. Even your brothers, or do you not know that unrighteousness, un, the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral nor the idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality. And as we know, that equals female. I just haven't been talking about men, but it's also a sin for women as well. Nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. As such were some of you, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. And so that's what's so beautiful is that as, and that's something else I know is where this in Corinthians, Ephesians, Galatians. Whenever Paul writes calling out immorality, he always reminds them that you were like that. You did some of this stuff, but you were washed clean by the blood of Jesus. And that's what you have to remember. You were washed. No, you were, let me say this correctly. You were justified by the blood of Jesus. You were cleaned by the Holy Spirit. So good. But the thing about it is, you. the thing about it is, is I don't care what you've done. Like I said, there's entire ministries that are devoted to helping people who are in the porn industry, whether the actors, producers, directors, whomever. They're, I don't care what you have done in your life. Nothing is too big for God. You're never too far. That you are too close. That you ain't close enough for Jesus. Do you understand me? And so that's the thing that I love about scripture. Is that Paul calls out all of these sins. Adulterers, homosexuality, drunkards, revelers, All this stuff. And he said, and so was some of you. Some of y'all did that stuff. But no more. You were forgiven by Jesus. But Paul is reminding them. Do not be deceived. Notice he says that, do not be deceived. And so he wants people to understand that you cannot make it into heaven engaging in unrepentant sin. So when you got these preachers and pastors acting like sin is okay, they are straight straight from the devil. To me, they're worse than Satanists. They're worse than the Aleister Crowley and all these, Anton LaVey and, and Kenneth Anger and all these, and I'm not sure the Satanists of now, they're worse than these people because at least these guys, you know where they're coming from. They say who they are, what they're about up front. But these people are really more like Lucifer because they're masquerading as angels of light. They're masquerading as servants of God when they're really servants of the devil. So they're more dangerous. They're even worse. They're even worse. And Paul is saying, don't be deceived. Don't get tricked. Don't get it twisted. That if you engage in unrepentant sin, you will go to hell. And that's a non-negotiable. And, and so you when you have pastors and the like and preachers and ministers saying otherwise, they are working against God and therefore of their father, the devil. And I stand by that statement. We don't have time to make words. And, 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 and with the culture going in the direction it's in, we do not have any time to mix words and not call this mess out as we should because it's costing people their souls. I mean, we have enough of a battle as it is when you had churches doing their jobs. And now they're making it even worse. The culture is getting worse. Also in Ephesians 5, 5-8, it says, For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure Or who is covetous, that is an idolater, who has not inheritance in the kingdom of Christ in God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes up upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And that is so important. That is so important because Paul again is saying, hey, you guys, you could do this stuff too. Now, come on, you, you were out here doing dirt. And that's the point you always point out. Like, you know, and that's kind of one of the reasons why I love the Bible so much. You know, a lot of other religious books, I don't think, I don't know anything about them, but in the Bible, this helps me. This helps me prove the truth of scripture compared to any other religious book or claim. as that it talks about all the bad stuff that these people did as well. The only one who was perfect is God. That's it. The only man that ever walked the earth perfect is Jesus Christ. But all these other people who are heroes, whether it's David, Solomon, Abraham, Moses, um, Paul, Peter, all of them did stuff they weren't supposed to do. And the Bible tells plainly, from murder to adultery, to know who was a drunk. I mean, they all did stuff that they weren't supposed to do. Scripture didn't shy away from that, nor the consequences of their behavior. And and I think that that is so, so beautiful because for everyone else who isn't one of these mighty people of Scripture, or even Rahab, who was a prostitute, it didn't have to tell that she was a prostitute, but it did. You know, these mighty people of God were just that people. And the scripture makes reminds us that no matter what we've done, it's not too big for God. And that's one of the things. And so while it's letting us know that nothing we have ever done makes us it's too big or makes us too far from God, we're also reminded we're also reminded that if you don't repent, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. you will go straight to hell, and that is not not anything to mess around with but also as I mentioned earlier, remember that when the scripture were, were calls us to sin, it's always mentioned talking about false prophets that should let you know. That one of the major problems as to why sexual sin is 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 becoming such a problem in our culture is because the church isn't doing its job. And Paul even knew then that there would be teachers who would act like sin is okay, that grace is a license to sin, and it is not. And one thing that I wanted to, one last thing I wanted to point to, to to keep in mind when people are looking at sexually inappropriate content is that you're. We are the body of Christ as a Christian. We are the body of Christ. And we're bringing the members of Christ with us when we engage in immorality. But really quick before I get to that, I just want to read from James. Oops, I'm in Second Timothy, sorry. I want to read uh, James really quick, 4 through 6. James 4, 4 through 6. And it says, You adulterous people. Submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And here's the thing. When we are we should never want to fit in with the world. And that's an important thing we need to remember. We never want to fit in with the world. And anytime the world is celebrating you, I'm not saying anytime, that's that's a, a stretch, but I feel in the church that so many pastors are Concerned with getting the world to like us. People like TDJ, so who I just do not listen to at all. Um, I think many of these people get so caught up in, in, in wanting to get in with the culture. because, And I don't think people's initial intentions are because they're bad. I think the thing about it is because they want to influence the culture. So they figure like, hey, this is the opportunity to influence the culture. So maybe I don't come off as strong. And then over time, they become weak and lose their saltiness. And I was talking to a friend, salt goes to wounds to heal. But if the salt has no saltiness, it doesn't heal. So when we are to be the salt of the world, we are to go into the world, into those spaces we can't lose sight of who we are. Because once we lose sight of who we are, then we become, we become complicit in the foolishness. And that's something that people need to understand. And and, and I want to say really quick, like 1 Corinthians 6, 15. 1 Corinthians, I'm, uh, I'm going longer than I wanted to a little bit, but you know, sometimes the Holy Spirit just directs you to say things. So you, you have to submit and listen. But um First Corinthians six fifteen says doo, 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 doo. and then another thing note to Christina I need to have my large, I have my small Bible, the letters are really small, so it's like screwing my eyes, I need to have a larger one, especially when doing the show so I can be quick. But it says, uh, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I take the members of Christ and make the members of make them members of a prostitute? So in this Instance in six, he's specifically talking about us going on sexually sinning. So as a Christian, when you either watch the pornography or going on engaging in sexual immorality or any kind of immorality, because in this context, they're specifically talking about sexual immorality because it says sexual sin is the only time we actually sin against ourselves. Is that you're bringing the members of Christ with you. So keep that in mind. And so then it also in the further in the documentary, they talk about like Jeremiah 8, 12. And this is really important because the last couple minutes I'm gonna talk about judgment. And he, he talks about how with pornography and things is causing us to it's it's pushing in the it's no different like with, with Hugh Hefner, it's causing the rapid normalization of sin. And then not only is it normalizing sin, but we're celebrating. Don't forget, in June, we spent an entire month called Pride Month. Celebrating rebellion against God. The entire month is about rebellion against God. And like they mentioned in the film. That when people get to that level. We're ripe for judgment. We are. See there's a difference between me as an individual. Struggling with sin privately. Then when we as a nation. Celebrate and parade. Sin. And we have no shame. Shame is a good thing. Shame stops bad behavior. So like in Jeremiah 8, 12 it says are they ashamed or they det- of, of their detestable conduct? No, they have no shame at all. They do not even know how to blush. So they will fall among the fallen and will be brought down when they are punished, says the Lord. Now when you read your scripture really quick, when you read scripture, you know oftentimes you know who's talking, sometimes you don't, but when God is speaking, It says, says the Lord. It's very plain that this is directly from the mouth of God. And he's saying these people don't even blush. They don't have shame anymore. They don't even even blush. They don't even care. They flaunt their immorality in the streets with celebration. And that makes the nation ripe for judgment. That's what brings judgment. Not me struggling with my personal sin in the corner. It's when that nation begins to celebrate rebellion. Pornography is destroying marriages. And that, that goes without saying. I talked about that earlier how it causes sexual dysfunction. And also, they talked about the documentary how it fuels serial killers. Now, of course, everyone who watches porn isn't going to become a serial killer, okay? Not saying that. However, s- serial killers oftentimes have a porn addiction. And so he talked about two um, infamous serial killers uh, Ted Bundy and Jeffrey Dahmer. And Jeffrey Dahmer talked about how he was addicted to porn and then it just devolved from there, you know? So you, and, and like, um, the, the minister said, there's no such thing as soft porn. However, in the context of the conversation he used that terminology just for people to understand. So soft porn, um, maybe again, again, this show is not for children, but just, I guess, just traditional male, female sex, um, when they talk about hardcore pornography, is what Dahmer said eventually devolved to is like abuse and other things and animals and what have you. It just devolves and devolves. And so when people watch these things and a lot of sexual violence, they don't want to just watch. They want to go do it. And that's what happens with pornography. And as you guys are aware, that Jeffrey Dahmer was a cannibal. So, um, and then Ted Bundy. Now, James Dobson actually uh interviewed Ted Bundy and he was also addicted to porn. And he talked about in the interview that it started off again with the again this term soft porn. Again, it's it's a really a misnomer, but for the context of conversation, you under, for people to understand what I mean, and then it got harder and worse, and he wanted more violence. And then if people want more of a thrill, and that's what Ted Bundy talked about, that he wanted more of a thrill, and but he wanted more. And that's why people who start off with looking at topless photos and before they're not watching they now they're searching for child porn so how does a person go from looking at topless photos to wanting to watch child pornography because as ted bunny mentioned you want more and more of a thrill like with drugs that's why they say um marijuana is the gateway drug well, a buddy of mine said actually cigarettes and actually i agree with her because she said most junkies smoke cigarettes and so the thing about it is is that People want more. Okay, so I'm smoking cigarettes. Now I smoke weed. Now I want this. Now I want that. And it goes harder and harder and harder. We're not saying that everybody who smoked weed is going to go to heroin. But we are saying that the people who smoked heroin started there. That's the point. And it's, again, with serial killers. We're not saying that everybody who watches pornography is going become a serial killer or a pedophile. But we're saying that the people who are serial killers and pedophiles, they started watching, looking at topless Pictures. And then it just that became boring, so I want more, I want more thrill, and it goes more and more and more and more and more. so this stuff is very dangerous and and first Timothy four one through two talks about how people's conscience will become seared. and then another point that was interesting in the documentary they talked about that both Jeffrey Dahmer and Ted Bundy referenced evolution. It's another type I've made an episode about evolution, but how when you teach people. That human life is not intrinsically valuable. The me and a pig, a banana, an onion, a goat, a monkey, or whatever, have the same value. Then when you're stabbing someone to death, it's just like killing a pig. They both reference evolution. And it's just, in in the last four minutes, I want to devote to women. I wish I would have devoted more time to that, but I'm I'm up against the clock. The clock is disrespectful. <laughs> there are people say or the clock is so disrespectful. But another problem with, w- with women watching pornography. So we talked a lot about men, but also women watching pornography. And, and one of the things you're talking about is you have a lot of women who are being pressured by their husbands, And that's a big problem. He even had a clip of Paula White's husband making a joke about, you know, women to make your husband happy. If your husband likes porn, watch porn with him. I mean, that really references what I was talking to earlier. Like, what? That is, that is just, that's blasphemy dude for you to say that standing in the pulpit to the people of god like it's not funny you know but nevertheless um i'll talk about men pressure their wives to watch porn and if you as a woman if your husband is pressing you to do something is using that oh as a husband blah 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 if your husband is trying to get you to do something sinful you have every right to call him out and seek help from your church family because that is not cool to uh, be pressured into something, feeling like you are obligated to watch pornography because that's what your husband likes, and that's what they were talking about in the film. But also, they were talking about how women are becoming increasingly addicted to porn, leading with a lot of romantic stories, especially Fifty Shades of Grey, because women are more into romance, and so they watch these stories with romantic storylines that also contain explicit sex, so therefore, now they want to go watch pornography. And if you want any indication about the issue of women being addicted to pornography... Remember the day of the Women's March in 2018, I believe? They said that Pornhub viewership went down 8.2% during the Women's March. Think about that. Let me repeat that one more time. During the Women's March, Pornhub viewership went down (laughs) 8.2%. Because these ladies are addicted to porn. And they were to be the champing to kill their children instead of the blood of their children so they could live sexually promiscuous lives that they didn't have time to watch their porn. Folks, we need to guard our heart. We need to guard our heart. It is a, ma- a massive problem in our culture and that's why I spend so much time talking about this topic Is because this is what's fueling the, the rebellion against the church and the desire to sexually sin. Every country is different. Like in China, you got communism. In many of the Islamic countries, they're dealing with Islam. We're dealing with sexual immorality. It's just, this is just happens to be the fight that we are in in America. What is the lobby that's fighting hardest against the church? The abortion lobby, the LGBT lobby. Those are the two lobbies who are fighting tooth and nail to fight churches. Because again, when you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you or when you are in relationship with God, it's so difficult to just go and kill your baby or engage in immoral sex. And and with the church spreading our message, it gets in the way of what they're trying to spread, which is just rampant debauchery and licentiousness. And so, of course, if you're a licentiousness lobby, I call them the immoral, immoral lobby. If you're part of the immorality lobby, of course you're going to hate a group of people who are telling folks don't do this stuff because we get in the way of their power. But remember, we are to guard our heart and ultimately we're part of to love and pray for these people. We're not to hate them. We're not to find them disgusting. We have to remember that they are Imago Dei. They are made in the image of God. And we're going to love them and pray for them and never forget our purpose. So thank you for choosing our choosing to listen to solid food. I'm on all major podcast platforms. You can check me out on YouTube, Facebook at the Christina Caramo project. I'm on Instagram at Karamo the great. That's Caramo the G R and the number eight. And make sure you like subscribe and share. Tell a friend, tell a friend, share my podcast. I want to get to a thousand subscribers. At least can I get there? on my youtube can i can i get it can i get a thousand reviews on my podcast for on apple can i get that that would be nice so um thank you so much uh god bless you all and remember to be brave and bold because gospel of jesus christ must be told toodles